Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to episode 92 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about all things competition. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational and let the marathon running podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond hi lady hey ryan and hello listeners welcome to another episode of the marathon running podcast i want to thank all the existing listeners for tuning in again and welcome if you're new we are Ryan and Letty, and we do a weekly podcast on all things running, talking about nutrition and training. And today we're going to talk about competition. competition. So you had a bingo game recently. Yes, we did. And that was in our Running with Friends community, also known as the Speed Striders, where we had a competition, uh, 12 different teams doing different things to have a cover all bingo field. And I guess that's how you thought about this week's topic. Yeah, that's how that's what made me think about um, the competition because everyone, a lot of people seem to like it. A lot of people did it. Um, and I think it motivated people to run. And I thought, you know, it's kind of interesting. The competition actually motivates and the just the drive to com- compete or everything else. So why don't we talk about that? Yes. And, you know, I was actually shocked by how fast some of these teams completed all these bingo fields. Uh, my team is still playing because. Um, <laughs> what are you missing? We're missing like five fields or more, but... Which ones? Um, ice bucket and jumping in a pool. A bunch of them. Who's on your team? Four other people. Named? Sarah and John and Colin and Andy from Mexico. No, they're all in Chile, Mexico, and other states. So, And so- the big challenge is to coordinate with your team to be able to complete a field together within 24 hours. It's been more than quite a few 24 hour cycles and you have yet to finish so (laughs) well the reward has changed so the first team won they all won short shirts and now the remaining teams just have to complete the fields by the end of february and then they get drawn for second place winners so there was no big incentive to win second, third, fourth, fifth, or whatever. <laughs> we just have to finish by the end of the month. I mean, that's a whole. That's an interesting, I think, uh, relevant point to our topic of the competition and the levels of. If you have an immediate competition where someone wins first place or second place and they have prizes versus if you have just a drawing, it kind of decreases someone's motivation. So the first place people, a few people were motivated really really hard to finish first but now the motivation's decreased a little bit right interesting right yeah. well why don't we start with a definition <clears throat> like i like to always start my podcast with a definition so a competition or competitiveness 
I should say, is the act or process of trying to get or win something such as a prize or a higher level of success that someone else is also trying to win and get. And um, competition, where did it come from? Well, competition by itself is neither good or bad. It's actually something from biology because uh, competition between organisms is a natural result of evolution. All organisms must compete for a limited number of resources, such as food, shelter, mating partners. Humans' tendency to compete may be a natural outgrowth of this biological competition. I think it's like inevitable. I mean, you have like, especially with reproduction, right? Because you have people competing. I mean, that's the main, that's the main source, right? So, Got to be the fastest swimmer. <laughs> well, that's a, yeah, that's a little different, but... <laughs> Congratulations, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> no, they... Uh, <laughs> But like, you know, with reproduction, like you don't, the people that are competing for mates are the ones that reproduce more often, right? So kind of leads into that. Yeah. And there's some interesting facts and studies, study results, I should say, that I'm going to uh, present to you right now. So there was a survey of faculty, students and staff at the Harvard School of Public Health, and people were asked certain questions about salary and nearly half of the respondents said that they'd prefer to live in a world where the average salary was $25,000 and they earned $50,000 rather than one where they earned $100,000 but the average was $200,000. So that shows you right there people would be more satisfied making less money but knowing that they made more than their peers rather than making more money but making less than their peers. And that's from the um, Journal of Economic Behavior from uh, 1998. You need more recent research. No, I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> 100% true. I've sure heard the same thing too. I heard that like, I've heard other studies where they've had like people that you surround yourself with and your comparison to them is relevant to your happiness. For instance, say you have a higher salary, but you live in a neighborhood where most of the people live at a higher level socioeconomically than you do, you're not generally as happy as if you have a higher salary but live in an area that's less wealthy than you. That makes sense. So another thing that I found interesting was I read from Last Place Aversion, also a journal of economics, this time from 2014, whoop, whoop, I'm uh, becoming more current, that people suffer from a phenomenon that's known as last place aversion. Although players in an economics game tended to give more money to those with fewer asses, <laughs> fewer assets, this tendency waned when a player was ranked second to last. The researchers who ran the game also found that in real life, people making just above the minimum wage were among the least supportive of a minimum wage hike. Interesting. Yeah. It's like you don't want Well, I guess it brings everyone else to your level. Yeah. And you don't want to be worst ever, I guess. Yeah. You're slightly better than people if you're above minimum wage, even if it's only a small amount. Yeah. Another thing I found is also the influence of a social comparison. So that's from a personality and social psychology bulletin, also from 2014. And it says that we underestimate the influence of social comparison. In one study, call center employees said that the achieving mastery of their job was more important than achieving superiority ranking better than their peers. But in reality, the relative rankings affected their self-evaluations and mastery did not. Yeah, I think it makes sense. I see it in the workplace. I think people want to be treated fairly or they're okay if they're better than others, but they don't want to be below others. 
Yeah. Okay. So those are some interesting studies that show us that, you know, just by studies, maybe we're not even aware of it, how competitiveness is just in us. And but now let's ask the question, why do we even want to compete? So there's three reasons that they say people want to compete. Number one, competition allows for people to satisfy our need to win. Number two, competition provides the opportunity or reason to improve our performances. And number three, competition motivates us to put forth a greater effort that can result in high levels of performance. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that, too. I think um, there is that drive to win or to be better. And that does motivate people to try harder. I mean, I noticed it in sports, too, where if you're not in a situation where you have to do more, like score more points or do something, you can kind of just lay back and relax. But if you're in a situation where you do need, like you're behind or something, you tend to put more effort in and you're motivated more to work harder I think that's kind of goes along with what they said. Yeah, definitely. And but let's let's talk about how this translates to a marathon because obviously unless you are an elite athlete, right? Like you can actually win the competition, then what is the motivation to run a marathon? Well, one of them could be that marathon finishers get a medal regardless. And so that could be translated into the prize. Um, another motivator could be that improving your own pace could get you another type of reward, such as qualifying for Boston, because a lot of people use time qualifiers to, you know, race New York or Boston or London. So that could be another motivator. But I mean, generally speaking, when you run a marathon, you don't really look at who is next to you because it's such a long journey that you were basically running it, pacing yourself. Yeah, it's definitely different than the typical athletic event. You know, for instance, like if you did a 40-meter sprint, you're directly involved with the person right next to you, and it's very short, and you can see the end, whereas opposed to a marathon, the vast majority, as you said, are not there trying to win. There are the elite that are trying to win, and then there's I'm sure there's non-elite that are trying to win too, but the vast majority of the people are just out there competing for a different goal essentially whether it be qualifying for boston beating your last time just finishing all of them are kind of there for a different goal but usually it's like a competition whether it's it's just more so with yourself than with the people you're around it's funny though that you know marathons have grown so big you have corrals a through h so you could be in corral age and be a faster runner than somebody in a but that person is going to inevitably finish in front of you because he starts 30 minutes before you do. So it's kind of interesting that once you cross the finish line and you check online for your results, which I never really care to do, but you probably wouldn't have the accurate placing anyway because people that started behind you might still be faster than you from a timing perspective. Oh, you mean if you check right away? Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. As the example with a marathon, you know, it does have multiple facets to competition you know like some of the competition is actually to do better or to win but the there's other parts of the competition i think that marathons highlight a bit too which is some of the extrinsic rewards like maybe just the accomplishment of winning and helping others to too like you see a lot of that in the marathons where somebody would like 
motivate someone else, even though they're directly in competition with them, they motivate them to finish and stuff. And so there's different reward mechanisms that you kind of know or researched a little bit about. Yeah, the the one you just mentioned is actually called the intrinsic motivation. So the extrinsic incentive is the opposite of the intrinsic motivation. So for a competition, extrinsic simply means that you adopt a behavior that is sourced externally rather than internally. So when you do something because you get a reward for it. Um, so, you know, like the bingo challenge, people did funny stuff so they could get a shirt. And then intrinsic would be more... You do it because it's morally right, such as what you just mentioned. You want to help somebody. You see other runners. You think of running as your community. So there's tons of videos online that are beautiful where there's runners that are struggling and almost halfway falling down and other runners stop and pick them up and carry them across the finish line. And they don't really care about their time. They care more about other people and finishing together and and that's a bigger motivation yeah it's a good example of a different reward because theoretically if you were only competing in the extrinsic sense you would not lower your time by stopping that's right, right. yeah so those are all interesting um and then we also researched how some people are more competitive than others, they say. So I read a lot about that, and it seems like a lot of people are culturally more motivated from different countries, and it's kind of what we talked about in the past when somebody grows up with a little bit more struggle in life, they try a little bit harder than a person that grows up spoiled and gets given everything. That's one example. But then there's others, for example, people measure their self-worth by comparing themselves to others. So that would be that runner that looks to place rather than measuring um, his time investment. So this person kind of wants that social recognition a little bit more. Um, another reason to be more competitive is if something is important to you. For example, if you take pride in your intelligence, then you might be driven to compete in the spelling bee, but not necessarily... Um, a dance contest or something like that. Another few things that trigger competition is you are more likely to compete when you are competing against someone with a similar skill level. So if you are a 20-minute 5K runner and there's another runner in the 5K that also is known to run 20 minutes, then you're then you are more likely to compete harder than you would if you know the next person behind you runs a 5K in 30 minutes. Yeah, you know, you have a chance. Um, I, I also know, like, you know, I grew up with a brother that's only 11 months younger than me. So it's a constant competition forever. <laughs> and it's someone you know. And I think that's another one, right? Is if you know the person, you have emotional investment in it. Yes. Then... So you had that combination. Whereas I have a brother that's two years older and we are not alike and on no similar level in anything. So when we would run a 5K or we didn't run 5Ks, but if we competed in anything, there was really, you know, no question. I can draw better than he can and he beats me in physics all the time. <laughs> so there was no big competition or no big drive to try harder. Yeah, I, I noticed it too. Like, you know, I would definitely try harder if I was playing against my younger brother with anything because <laughs> I'd always have to beat him. So my motivation was high. <laughs> and he probably had a similar, you know, skill level too because he's only 11 months. He's younger. only 11 months, yeah. So. so then he probably was driven by trying to beat you. For sure. Yeah. 
So then another couple is um, you try to compete or you're more likely to compete when you have an audience because the presence of your peers can increase the pressure to perform well, such as when you go to a marathon and your family members are there at certain mile markers and they're cheering you on. Um, have you ever noticed that when you, well, I guess I'm the runner and you're not running when we go to races, but whenever you see someone racing, they always pick it up and smile when they see you. <laughs> and then two seconds later, it's just like, oh my gosh, that was so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I always try to smile at people when I see them. I think it's just like inevitable. People want to be um, thought of in a positive light. So they try to consciously or unconsciously present their best selves, which could be their fastest selves in a marathon. Yes, very true. So so one last thing that I read about what could um, make you more competitive is if you are of limited resources. So when price money is involved, then people try harder. And you can see that in places where people run for careers and, you know, the countries are very big on making their runners very competitive and give them scholarships and things of that nature. So that was kind of interesting. It is interesting. So we talked about good things only, but competition can sometimes be bad too. Yes, absolutely. Um, competition, if too much, will alienate you and burn bridges. So if you compete so much with someone, they don't really want to hang out with you. That reminds me of um, my brother. He, <laughs> he always plays that game, that board game, Risk, or we used to play it, and he was so competitive in that stupid game that whenever, even now, when he's in town and he brings up, hey, let's play Risk, nobody wants to play it with him. You sound like you still have some bad memories. <laughs> I'm traumatized. Pent up, yeah, pent up trauma there. <laughs> yes, yes. So don't be too competitive with your friends because your friends probably want to remain friends. Yeah, sometimes if your your drive outweighs everything else, then yeah, it can backfire. I can also think of another example of you, Ryan. Every time we go for a run, the last couple of houses, I don't even know how many yards that is, 200, 300 yards? Yeah, I'm not really trying to, I know what you're going to say. You start sprinting, and at first I used to try to sprint with you, but then you have, your legs are twice as long <laughs> as mine. Not, not quite. <laughs> You're not like three feet tall, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but you start sprinting and then I just don't even try anymore because it's just like, ugh, there he goes again. <laughs> the whole run I've been leading and now you're sprinting, okay. I know, I don't, I'm not really trying to compete with you actually, but I'm more trying to just compete with myself, like finish strong thing, but yeah, I should. <laughs> if you want to finish strong, then you run your miles faster. <laughs> it's, it's easier at the last minute because you're like, I can see the end. I know it's over if I get to that point. <laughs> <laughs> Another example of how competition can be bad is when you train so much that you neglect other parts of your life. For example, you have a family and you have young children and you have a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, obviously not at the same time, but you run so much that you leave the slack for everyone else. They have to pick up after yourself because all you care about is your marathon training. So don't do that to your family. Yeah. So those people are called hyper-competitive individuals, and they are in general more likely to have a Machiavellian worldview. In other words, they believe that the end justifies the means. 
but they are probably alone in their view. Um, Machiavellian people, they threaten individuals or steal resources and tell lies in order to get ahead. Maybe someone that's like cutting the course in a marathon. That could be too, yeah. And what it comes down to is that really constantly comparing yourself to others is probably not good for your self-esteem. Yeah, I think it's like with anything, you got to find that balance between good and bad. Yeah, exactly. So if you have a healthy amount of competition, it can be used to your benefit. Yes, it can benefit your life and your mental health. And, uh, you know, just like we said, it could actually boost your self-esteem. It can increase your enjoyment of life. And it can also motivate people to work harder toward your goals. Yeah, I see that a lot. You know, I think that maybe that's part of why the marathons have become so popular too. It's like, um, it's just, it's like a light, it's like a light competition. It's not a, it's not a like strict or heavy competition. And it's a, you know, people sign up so they're then obligated, right? So they kind of an obligation to do it. It's an achievement less so than a race in a lot of cases, which makes it less onerous. And then the volume of people running also helps too. So you're not, like if you were running with 10 people, the chances of you being first or last is obviously greater than if you're running with 200 people. So, I mean, if you're first, great. But if you're last, you might get discouraged and not do it. But if you're running with lots of people, you know, the chances are there's going to be people slower than you and people that are faster than you. And so you don't have that pressure of being first or last. You can be in the middle. Exactly. And I think you summed up most of the points that I've written down here for um, how a healthy level of competition can be good. Um, having a race keeps you motivated because by signing up for a race, you create that goal that you said you feel like you need to do. And so you're either looking to finish the race or achieve a personal best or maybe do both. And those goals will help you train and get you out the door when it's pouring down rain or when you have to do that dreaded strength workout. Um, you also tend to push your limits. So running in a race allows you to push your potential and achieve results uh, that you didn't even think were perhaps possible. Usually when you run a race, you run it faster than your training because of the environment that the race creates and you're running on adrenaline. You also achieve that sense of community that you were talking about by running with other people. Uh, there's a whole community of runners out there running in a race and you can embrace that community. You can share your problems with them and make friends with it. And uh, it also helps you feel accomplished. So I initially thought about this because of the bingo game that you had. So one of the things people could take home is they could create fun or, you know, nice competitions in their own communities in order to motivate each other to run and to, to exercise. So we're all about running. So that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Or they could just join our uh, Speed Striders group on Facebook because it looks like we have uh, monthly challenges now. <laughs> yeah, people liked it. And I thought, you know, hey, you, Letty, you need to think up a bunch of other ones or I'll try to help, I guess. But think up a bunch of competitions and then you could have one every so often and it would be kind of a fun little thing to look forward to, something different. I know the one that the bingo one you did, like what you said, I liked it. It was funny. Like you, um, what people come up with is really cool too. So like, I know that you said run with a dog, but like someone didn't have a dog. So then they thought, well, let's figure out how you can run with a dog. So you ran with a hot dog <laughs> and other people were like, you know, it was an ice bath or something. Right. But they lived up in the 
cold in the snow and they didn't take a bath, but they like just put a bunch of snow on them and that was their ice bath, right? Yeah, so creativity came out and it kind of goes to show that these challenges are not because we want to be better than other people because we're all just runners of all ages and we just wanted to have that sense of community and complete them, be creative, be funny. So which one are you going to do this weekend to help your team with bingo? Oh, I think I need to um, do an ice bath an and ice I need bath. to jump in a pool. One of my teammates, Sarah, lives in Punta Arenas, which is the southernmost part almost of Chile, um, down by the South Pole. So she was running into the um, waters down there, and I have to compete with that. <laughs> and hers is way colder. So, I mean, we're a team, so we have to get those fields done, so I really needed to suck it up. So most of the competitions you do on speed strutters are supposed to be fun, right? So you're not trying to do like serious competitiveness, but more like community intrinsic type of fun? Yes, because every runner is different and we don't all have the same goal. We're in different stages of our lives. Some of us are injured and some of us are not. So this gives everyone an opportunity to work at their best level and still be able to participate. And I think that's really important because, you know, we're not trying to see who's best and make everyone not feel that great. We're trying to make everybody feel good about their own goals because that's what it's about. We compete against ourselves and not each other. Yeah. So if anyone has ideas of what to do, you should let Letty know on Speed Striders Facebook group or something because it'll be fun to have new and different competitions every month or so. Yes, that's right. So with that, Ryan, do you have anything else to say about competitiveness? Yes, I'm going to get the last word in today. No, you're not. I'm the one doing all the editing. (laughs) (laughs) I'll still try. I'll sneak something in at the last minute. All right. Good luck with that. So Wait wait till you post. It'll be like a little phrase after it. (laughs) Please don't mess with my audio. So I guess that's it, you guys. Then we don't have anything else. I hope you like this type of episode. Look forward to next week where we have LA Roadrunners head coach David Levine back on talking about something very important when it comes to running. Which is? VO2 Max. We're revisiting that topic. We've visited it a bunch of time from a more uh, scientific point of view. And now we're going to probably approach it more from a training perspective and see how that vo2 max can help us if it does help us and what it does and what we can do to feed it and if there's anything else important or more important than the vo2 max so stay tuned for that one and with that said ryan last word happy running happy running bye 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 (laughs) bye last word thanks for tuning in For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us and as always, have a great week of running.